Hey, I'm Jessica. And I'm Scott. And this is Scottica Talks. We're back. Hi. Oh, it's been a long hiatus. Life just happened, but here we are. You're not going to say anything? Oh, okay. Well, you sound real happy to be back. Hi. Okay, so we're going to do two stories today. We know a lot has happened since we have been away. And we're skipping all of it. (laughs) Hopefully you've been paying attention on your own time. Um, so the first story we're going to talk about today you may have seen and heard about already. This kind of hit the news circuit last week. So we are going to talk about the Mayo Clinic medical kidnapping story that CNN uh, broke. Really, they're the only ones who initially were talking about it. Okay, so this is a story about a family in Minnesota and their daughter, who I believe was 17 at the time that this started, um, had a brain aneurysm on Christmas Day, had to go to Mayo Clinic, had to have brain surgery. The brain surgery that Mayo Clinic performed saved her life. So obviously after brain surgery, you can't just go home. She had to go to uh, rehab also at the Mayo Clinic, and then that's where CNN says, CNN, the family, and the girl all say that's when things went downhill. So it's a very, very, very long story. It's broken into two parts, actually, on CNN.com because it's so long. So we'll just kind of glaze over, or I get, oh my gosh, we'll just kind of give you the highlights. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically it's told from, you know, CNN's conversations with the parents and the girl. Her name is Alyssa. And then they also, at some point, bring in a lawyer and a doctor and a person who's on the board at Mayo to get other input as well. So first, um, the complaint the mom's making is that the doctor doctors wanted to take her off of oxycodone and the mom says you know she lay in bed with tears coming out of her eyes because she was in so much pain and then all throughout this whole uh ordeal the mom is like sharing everything on facebook as well about things that are happening and how the hospital's treating her and her daughter um they say her breathing tube was the wrong size they had one thing to keep in mind is cnn doesn't actually go into detail about why they wanted her off of oxycodone. Like, they don't know, they don't say anything about... It just says doctors there wanted to take Alyssa off oxycodone, a powerful opioid painkiller that the neurology doctors had prescribed for pain after her surgery. Yeah, but they never say why or what they wanted to put her on. Right. It does say that she had her latest brain surgery just a few days before they wanted to take her off of it. Which, I mean, you need painkillers a couple days after brain surgery. That's kind of a given, but anyways. 
so they say her breathing tube was the wrong size. They had to pester doctors to get it corrected. And then they say that the family discovered she had a bladder infection, not the doctors. They say a social worker discussed private financial information with an earshot of visiting friends and relatives. And then her parents asked for the social worker and a doctor to be replaced. So then, you know, the mom's writing on Facebook about it still. She had, oh, and then at their request, they had a meeting with her care team. They had two, the mom said she had two whiteboards filled up with questions left unanswered, tests left undone, and every other question she could think of. This is what she wrote on her Facebook page, according to CNN. At one point during the meeting, she told the staff she felt like they didn't give an F, and then later apologized for her language, and then she asked for a second doctor to stop taking care of her daughter. She said, we took no crap and laid it all on the line, because seriously, what do we have to lose at this point? A lot? Well... So then, this was, that meeting was on the 21st. On the 22nd, the Mayo Clinic kicked the mom out of Amber's, or Alyssa's room. So it says she got into a disagreement with the nursing aide and asked to have her removed from her daughter's care team. So she was the fourth staff member the family had asked to be replaced within three weeks. And that afternoon, she was scheduled to have a meeting with the social worker the same one she'd asked to, to quit working um, on her daughter's care. She requested the meeting. She approached the office, and a man she'd never seen was standing there in the doorway. He saw her coming and shut the door, so she goes and listens through the door, she says. And she said, as she suspected, they were talking about her. So she opened the door and said, since you're talking about my family, I think it's only appropriate that I would be here also to be included in the conversation. She says the man puffed his chest, stepped toward her, and he told her, I run this whole rehab unit. Do you understand me? And she described him as intensely aggressive, and she told him, I need to talk to you. Do you understand me? And then the doctor walked away. There's a lot of doctors walking away from them in this story. Well, I think I'd walk away from them, too. CNN reached out to this doctor and other staff members involved in Alyssa's care, but did not receive responses. About an hour later, the same doctor, social worker, and a nurse approached the family, accompanied by three security guards, and told the mom, you are not allowed to participate in Alyssa's care. You are not allowed on Mayo property. You will be escorted off the premises right now. She's 17 while all this is happening, right? Uh, I don't know when she turns 18. She turns 18 at some point. But she was 17 during during the surgery, right? On Christmas, yeah. Okay. So when they asked why the mom was being kicked out, they didn't receive an answer. Later, um, a social worker told police that the mom interrupted a meeting because she was upset over the care Alyssa was receiving, and due to that incident, she was escorted off Mayo property. Which makes sense to me. So according to the parents, the doctor told Alyssa's dad, stepdad, that he could stay, but he would not be allowed to have any involvement in his stepdaughter's care. Um, when they asked if they could speak with a patient advocate, he said there is no patient advocate, and again, walked away. So I was trying to summarize, like, this ginormous story. They're basically, Mayo's stance is, you know, we're acting in the best interest, interest of the patient. We would never, and the mom is like, you know, we would never compromise our care. She's our daughter. We love her. 
She also says she never put any staff members at risks. At risk. So, on the February 23rd, the day after she was kicked out, she went on Facebook, of course, as people do, and just kind of said, you know, what happened and asked for prayers and she needs someone who can help them and she's, you know, just said, I've been told I'm not allowed in her room. No one is allowed to have any say in her care. I'm not allowed to see her. We've been given no reason why. No paperwork, no explanations. And then uh, one another person contacted her and um, said that the same kind of medical kidnapping situation had happened to them. And they decided that they needed to get her out of Mayo ASAP. So, oh, here we go, babe. It says... Alyssa was legally an adult during her entire hospitalization. So maybe she turned 18 during the initial surgery, for sure. So around this time, Alyssa, the patient, who's 18, starts asking doctors and nurses to transfer her to another facility, and she says she never received a response. She says they were cruel to me and that she wanted to get out of Mayo as bad as possible. On... February 23rd, three weeks into her daughter's stay, that's what Amber complained on Facebook. I just said that, CNN. Um, and she tagged Mayo. Alyssa's stepfather and grandmother also asked to have her transferred out. Her stepdad said he would ask two to three times a day and it would go nowhere. He said, this is ridiculous. We don't want her here. Alyssa doesn't want to be here. She doesn't feel safe here. Uh, but there was no response. He asked his, he talked to that same doctor who puffed his chest and had his wife, and um, according to him, the doctor said, oh, no, I'm sorry, the stepdad said, can I speak to your supervisor, your boss, or any, you know, anyone, and his exact words were, I run this floor, and he turned and walked out of the room, and that was it. So again, another walkout. He called the, the Mayo Patient Experience Office. And in a 45-minute phone call described the family's grievances, he said the patient experience specialist told him he would be back in touch after getting Mayo's side of the story. But I don't think that he ever heard back from them. His gra Her grandma says she was truly being held captive. I would never believe a hospital could do that, never in my wildest dreams. So the family and a friend say they were instructed by Mayo staff not to talk to Alyssa about her mother. And then two nurses were assigned to be with Alyssa, and they kept careful watch according to visitors and kept track of, you know, visitors coming in and out. Then, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, So, this is going backwards. But apparently the day before the mom was kicked out of the hospital, a male psychiatrist examined Alyssa and found that she lacked the capacity to make her own medical decisions, according to a summary of her care that her doctors wrote after she left Mayo. So, but the whole time before this, she'd been making her own decisions. And then this wasn't written until after she left, so that's important to note. Okay, so this, at this point, CNN says that around this time, a hospital social worker went to adult protection services in two counties to try to get these authorities to get guardianship over Alyssa. According to the police, if they had succeeded, she would have become a ward of the state. Alyssa and her family say they weren't told any of this as it was happening, but around this time they started to feel that Mayo was isolating her. On February 26th, 
Staffers confiscated Alyssa's cell phone, her laptop, and her tablet after finding it, that she'd made a video for her mother, according to Alyssa. They say Alyssa's visitors were also banned from bringing their devices into the hospital. That same day, Mayo staffers said no one would be allowed to stay overnight with her, um, which the stepdad tried to, you know, dispute because he said she'd never been alone in the hospital, and they refused, and they said they were doing it for Alyssa's benefit. They said the visitors would no longer be allowed to attend her treatment sessions, such as physical and occupational therapy. And they said, her aunt said, we're her cheerleaders, we cheer her on, and they said, no, you're impeding her care. That's harsh. So the stepdad is just saying, they were restricting us little by little, even from being with Alyssa, they were taking over our daughter. And they had also pushed back her discharge date, which was supposed to be February 27th. Meanwhile, her mom is still putting things on Facebook and getting people angry with Mayo, so then they're posting things and tagging the Mayo Clinic. And then one woman sends her a link about her teenager who, in 2013, the Boston Globe reported on, was placed in state custody for nearly 16 months after Boston Children's Hospital accused her parents of interfering with her care, and she spent most, most, oh my gosh, I can't talk. She spent much of that time in a psych ward, so that sucks. So basically, this all prompt, that whole story in Boston prompts her to contact a lawyer, Oh, this is when they, then they contacted someone who's on the board at Mayo. They sent a letter to Mayo, and basically nothing ever happened. But he said, he, I'm probably the most pro-Mayo person in, person who has walked the face of this earth, but this was a mess. He said he thinks Amber probably, who's the mom, Amber, sorry, uh, probably used words she shouldn't have with the hospital staff. I'm not saying that she's 100% right, but I know what Mayo did is not okay at all. So... Then they get a lawyer, they talk on the phone, he calls and says that given what has happened here, an expedited transfer this coming week would be best for everyone. Doesn't happen. So then they're just, they're just like, we have to get her out of this hospital. So they have to come up with a plan to get her out of Mayo because... They're, the mom isn't allowed to be there. They're not allowed to be there overnight. They've got two nurses watching her all the time. So, basically, the dad comes up with this story that he's going to tell Mayo Clinic. That the great-grandma who'd been there before to visit, so the nurses and stuff had seen her. She's 80 years old. Just had knee surgery, and she's fragile, and she wants to see Alyssa, but she can't come into the hospital. So, the, she's, he's going to have to wheel Alyssa out you know, to her car or whatever to see her. So I'm surprised they let that happen. Yeah, me too. So Like he, they can't even see her, but all of a sudden they can take her all the way well, out Well, he the could car. see her. He just couldn't spend the night anymore or go to oh, her I thought therapy. Could see her. Yeah, they could, because that's why they have the nurses watching all the time. And they couldn't, she couldn't use her phone or anything. So anyway, he gets her in the wheelchair and then he has his nine-year-old because uh, they have five kids. He has his nine-year-old secretly record all of this happening with a GoPro in her hand. So the nurses, you know, don't know what happens, which is actually really smart on his part. I think he's quoted somewhere in here saying that he wanted to have a recording because he wanted proof that he didn't hurt anybody, that she was leaving on her own free will, that like, you know, whatever they would say, he wanted proof of how it actually happened. 
So they, the two nurses who were assigned to her room are following her. They're going into the lobby. There's no Grandma Betty. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, you know, that's her car out there. Well, then they get to the car. He wheels the wheelchair up to the passenger side door, and it's the mom in the front seat. There's no Grandma. And the mom's like, Alyssa, we're going home, honey. Come on, like, get in the car. He's helping her get out of the car. And then you can see, like, nurses are like, no, no. And they, you can see one of the nurses trying, like, grabs her arm. And they're like, she's coming home. She, get your hands off my daughter. And they're like, and then the husband's like, get out of here. Go, go, go. And they leave. It's like a movie. So then... At 428, the Rochester Police Department receive a call from Mayo Clinic saying, we have a patient abduction. So the police come, a Mayo social worker told him that Alyssa cannot make decisions for herself and that her mother couldn't care for her because Amber has, because the mom has mental health issues. The social worker also told police she understood there was no formal diagnosis for the mom. So she's just kind of diagnosing herself, which I mean, she's a social worker, but I don't know that she has the power to yeah. say someone has a mental disorder. The mom's response to that is it's absolutely as absurd. She said it to the police department. She has no reasoning. She has no justification. So to make a very long story a little bit shorter, the police start trailing them. So they ping their cell phones and they ping them their cell phones to an Applebee's you know, a little ways away, like an hour or something. It's not important. So, basically, or I guess luckily, um, they weren't at that Applebee's. They were at a Walmart a little bit down the road buying, they purchased a wheelchair, a walker, and a syringe for her feeding tube, which the dad, stepdad says he's been trained to use. So, while they're at the hotel, they get a phone call from the sheriff's deputy. They say the deputy... They told the deputy that Alyssa was doing well and they planned to bring her a doctor the next day to get checked. And the deputy says that isn't good enough and tells him he's on their way to get them or whatever. So then they start scrambling. They leave the hotel they're at. It's now almost 9 o'clock at night. Five hours pass since they left Mayo. When they realize... Because the, sher the sheriff is still calling them, I guess. So when they realize that their cell phones are being pinged, they take the batteries out. It's like a movie. It's insane. So they're basically trying to find a hospital that they can go to that isn't a Mayo Clinic, won't transfer to a Mayo Clinic, has zero ties to Mayo. So he just, oh, and I should mention they also go off the highway and drive on gravel roads without a map because they're not using their phones. So it's just crazy. So basically, they go to South Dakota. Okay, no. They go to South Dakota and see a doctor there. Basically, they go to another doctor and the doctor gives them an okay. Like, he clears them to... But on the same day that she got taken out of Mayo, the Mayo doctor wrote a discharge letter stating that she wasn't ready to be discharged physically or mentally right. ready. Once the other hospital says that she's okay to not be at Mayo or to not be in rehab, the police back off. Be and so the sheriff's deputy is quoted as saying, if a doctor at another facility says she's fine and comes up with a second opinion, that kind of takes the law out of it. That's one doctor's opinion against another, and that doesn't have anything to do with law enforcement at all. We don't have any reason for the police to intervene. 
He also added that Alyssa and her parents have done nothing illegal. No charges were filed against them. As parents, they were probably thinking they were doing the were acting on her best interests. I think the same could be said for the doctors and staff at Mayo Clinic. I think that they were acting on her best interests. A few days after her visit to the emergency room in South Dakota, Alyssa and her parents go home. There's a letter from Mayo waiting for them thanking Dwayne, the stepdad, for getting in touch with the patient experience office, which is who we talked to for 45 minutes, remember, and nothing happened. The, fa- the family found it ironic, given that it was dated March 1st, the day after Alyssa left the hospital. A few days later, another letter arrived from an administrator at Mayo saying that it would not treat Alyssa or her parents. We have, uh, it says, we have made this decision because of your actions, which demonstrate a lack of trust and confidence in Mayo. Well, yeah, I would say so. So, to understand this <coughs> story more, CNN showed the documents... all the documents they were able to receive, including law enforcement reports, a transcript portion of CNN's interview with a detective, and summaries of her care written by doctors at Mayo and at the hospital in South Dakota. And so, you know, the doctor's like, you're only hearing one side. You know, they just kind of say, um, due to the severity of her brain injury, she does not have the capacity to make medical decisions. But she had been making medical decisions. I don't know. They're just basically saying it's just a mess on both sides. This all comes out. CNN does their article. Mayo was, to say the least, not very happy. So, well, this is fine now. Her school made her prom queen. She's, you know, chilling. She's happy to be out of Mayo. So, anyway. The Mayo Clinic made an initial response to this story on August 13th. The Mayo Clinic has had three different statements out since the story. The the statement on the 13th is very vague. Very vague, just kind of like a blanket. I mean, it starts, we strongly disagree with the inaccurate and incomplete points made made in the story about this patient. Patient safety is always our highest priority. So, basically they say, we're not going to talk about this because we don't want, we don't think it's in the best interest of the patient. And Mayo is calling CNN's reporting sensationalized and inaccurate. Right. So, then, you know, the story just kind of gains momentum. And if you look around on the internet about this story, Pretty much every story will either side with CNN or Mayo. And that's really how the comments are split. But yeah. I think before we talk about our specific opinions of it. there. So the, the most recent updated release from Mayo, which I doubt it will get more specific than this, was released on Friday. And it says... Okay, he, so the executive dean of practice for Mayo Clinic is a guy named Dr. Harper. And he basically points out key facts in this situation, kind of defending why Mayo did everything that they did. So he says, the patient was a vulnerable adult who could not make decisions for herself during that period of recovery after life-saving brain surgery. The reports of abuse in the patient's highly unstable family and social environment caused us to reach out to the courts for guidance. I just threw the microphone, guys. <laughs> she says, the, or he says, they removed the mother 
for repeated aggressive and threatening behavior towards the staff. Then they found public court documents that facing the family about children being removed from the mother's home because of allegations of abuse and substance abuse by the mother. Again, yeah, again, this is all from Mayo Clinic. Um, We are not saying she's doing drugs. I Um, looked, I tried to find that online. I couldn't find anything about it, but I also don't know where to look, so. They say they contacted law enforcement when the patient was removed from the hospital against medical advice because we believed her life and safety were at risk. Then it says Mayo Clinic did not attempt to take custody of the patient or become her guardian. Instead, Mayo sought judicial guidance to help identify the best person to make decisions for the patient. Mayo Clinic never refused a request for transfer. We received a request to explore a transfer within the coming week on February 27th, which this obviously is argument of the family's timeline. And did not have a chance to clarify and consider the request for a transfer of care before the patient was removed. Mayo Clinic is deeply disturbed by CNN sensationalized, inaccurate, and incomplete reporting. So basically... They fully support their staff. They're completely, you know, behind them and the decisions that they made. And they're very upset with CNN. So then on this same link, which is just the news Mayo Clinic, you know, website, there is a link to a letter that uh, Mayo Clinic's chair, uh, the Department of Public Affairs for them, sent to CNN. And is just kind of calling them out and saying everything that they're upset about. So if you want to see that it's out there well also there was a uh mayo clinic talks about that they did the Alyssa signed a um release mm-hmm. so mayo clinic could talk to cnn about her care about everything i guess and cnn is saying that instead of answering any questions they just went in and said a statement and left yeah, here it is. As a spokeswoman for the Mayo Clinic said hospital officials would be willing to answer CNN's questions if Alyssa signed a privacy release form, giving them permission to discuss her case publicly with CNN. The spokeswoman supplied that, that form to CNN. Alyssa signed it, but then they declined to answer CNN's questions on the record. Instead, they provided a statement saying that they wouldn't publicly share this information because they don't think it's in the best interest of the family. For me, when I first heard this story, I was just, like, terrified because I already don't trust doctors. I don't like hospitals. I don't want to be there. And I was like, this is, like, my nightmare. And it also reminded me of that movie I just recently watched called Unsane. If you haven't seen it, you need to get it on Redbox. It's all shot on an iPhone. It's a good movie. But it's about a woman who is involuntarily checked into a psychiatric hospital and you don't know the whole time if she actually is crazy or if she's is there against her will. Um, but then her a guy who works there, she says, is her stalker and that he's the one who organized all this and that's why she's there. But then you don't know if he's crazy, if she's just crazy or not. So, it was just very terrifying to me. Also, if I, th- I think about it in the fact, fact of if, you, if Scott was in the hospital and then I, he wasn't able to make medical decisions, but then they told me that I couldn't see him or that I couldn't make decisions for him or they were cutting off any form of communication, taking his phone, I'd be pissed. 
And I'd be upset and wanting to get you out of that hospital in another one, too. I don't know. I feel... I mean, there are multiple sides to every story. And I think both sides are wrong. Just based on what I've read about her mom and what she's posted on Facebook and everything else, there's a strong possibility that she was... or that Mayo was in the right of kicking her out. But... At the same time, I think Mayo went a little overboard in some of the other stuff they did. Right. But also, I mean, due to privacy laws and everything else, even if Alyssa signed that release, there's a lot of things that they're not going to be able to talk about regardless. There's a lot of things we'll never, I mean, we'll never actually know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think... I think Mayo Clinic went a little overboard, but at the same time, I think CNN is spinning the story the way they want to. So Could it's it's a story in, in kind of gotcha for fake news journalism. Like, you just gotta take everything you read. Yes, I mean, the way CNN write, like, if you go to CNN's website and read the story, it reads like a movie. It's ter- yeah. It's terrifying. I mean, the police chase? But it reads... What? It reads read too it, much like a movie. I read it in, like, one setting. And it's such a long read <laughs> because I just had to know how it ended. I had to know what happened. And it's it's captivating and it's very, very sad for this family. Um, and also, if you go to CNN, which I'll share the link in our Facebook group, Scottica Talks, there's a video that shows Alyssa now and shows the reporter talking to her family Excuse me. And Alyssa says, you know, she's very happy to be out of there. She didn't want to be in there. So you just don't know how much of uh, that is 100% her or if that's Well, and also her with the movie, you got to or the w- with the with the video of her talking oh. to CNN, you have to keep in mind that that is now. Right. She was taken out of the hospital almost a year and a half ago. We don't know how she was a year and a half ago. She may have not have been able to make her own decisions. But that's another thing, is there's a lot of inconsistencies in Mayo's story as opposed to CNN. Right. Like with the social worker and uh, the Stanford doctors versus the Mayo Clinic doctors. But at the same time, I find myself asking, like, why would Mayo do this? And I can't come up with an answer. So uh, that's why I feel that CNN is not necessarily blowing it out of proportion, but more spinning their own story. But with that said, I'm not saying that Mayo Clinic is completely in the right either. I mean, I feel like they couldn't have just fabricated this whole thing, but I don't know what they were planning to get out of doing that. I think, you know, there are, you know, big egos at hospitals and there's crappy staff. I mean, it's just like any other job, but the fact, the chances that everyone in that unit and everyone who works there just hated this family or hated their jobs or, you know, there'd be more, there'd be more stories about the hospital, about the rehab center in particular, if this was like a consistent problem. So it's definitely isolated to this family, this specific case. I mean, I do believe that there's other families who reach out to this mom. I do believe there's other families who've been treated poorly or wrongly by hospitals. I 100% believe that. Yeah. But they're not all from this specific hospital. If they were all from the specific Mayo Clinic, then it'd be like, eh, something uh, yeah. needs to be investigated. Something needs and to I mean, happen. 
something else to keep in mind is for every bad story from Mayo Clinic, there's a hundred good stories. Yeah. I mean, this might, I mean, the way I see it is this was kind of a one-off kind of thing, which, I mean, Mayo Clinic may have been doing what they thought was right, may have actually thought that she wasn't uh, competent to stand for herself or to, to make her own decisions and all that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's too many holes in the story. Well, and the fact that she went to another doctor and then they weren't like, oh my god, you need to go back to rehab or oh my god, like you need to be admitted. Yeah. And Which at the same time, we don't know what all the they told that hospital when they got there. Yeah. And also, I don't, I mean, neither one of us are doctors, so I don't really no, no, know. No. I mean, it, it would have had to have been bad, I assume, if she's had at least four surgeries in the course of, what was it, two months? Yeah. Or not even two months. But at the same time, I mean, her parents pulled her out of the hospital, I think, maybe a week after she had her latest brain surgery. Two, yeah. Because I think they said they had it on the 21st and they pulled her out. The 28th. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. But also at the same time, I think the biggest thing that, for me, is that she was 18. She was an adult. They were saying she wasn't able to make her own decisions, but were letting her make her own decisions. Right. And like I said, that uh, wasn't written into her file that she couldn't make decisions until the day after she had left. Which, that might be normal i mean i don't know that that might not be something like you put into your file i i don't i don't know. i'm not a I'm doctor not a so doctor. i don't know how any of that goes i think i don't i think it's a scary situation i think it's a scary story i don't want to go to the hospital i don't know i it scared me when i first read it and then when i read mayo's initial response i was like Pfft. This is just a blanket statement. I do like the you know the newer statement that I read, the points of from the 17th that goes so much more into detail on their side of the story. I think they probably felt like they were getting pushed and they had no choice but to break it down like that. Yeah. I don't know that anything else will really come out of this story. I don't think CNN's going to issue you know an apology or anything like that. CNN isn't a news source that I typically go to to get news from, um, but. Like we said, they were the only ones kind of reporting on the family side of the story. Well, they were the ones who came out with the story. Right. They were the only ones. All the other yeah, stories around it's this their have story. been. Yeah, you know, anywhere else you go is talking about CNN story. Right. Or Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Because of the CNN story. So. And I don't think there's actually any other major news networks around here that were talking about the story itself. Yeah. So, yeah, just a terrifying little hospital story for your week. If you have any scary hospital stories, we want to hear them. I want to hear them. So, we are at Scottica Talks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We'd love for have, to have you join. You can send us new stories. We'd love to have them. We're going to try and get back at this. And since this one went so long, uh, we talked about the plane story in the beginning. We'll just touch on that next week because this has already gone on pretty pretty far. You don't think people want to listen to us for an hour and a half? No. What? <laughs> Scott! Oh, my 
god. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this longer story. Um, like I said, it it's in two parts, and then the Mayo Clinic, I'll share it in the group. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye! Chewbacca, say goodbye! Nope.